Psalm 43, verse 5. If you don't have it memorized yet, uh, you should be getting close. This is part 6 on letting him help. We've been talking about mental health, uh, gaining strength in our souls, having our souls restored, dealing with our thought processes, and, and that great exchange of our way of thinking to his way of thinking. And in Psalm 43, 5, we're reading it out of the Amplified Why are you cast down, O my inner self? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for him. For I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance and my God. We've read it every every session and it still ministers to me every time I read it. Because our soul is where we battle. It's where we battle. It's where thoughts try to come. It's where the the enemy, it's where the devil tries to to sow wrong thoughts and get us to head down a wrong path in fear, uh, in in unbelief. And so today, I I put up at the top of your notes, if you got notes off of the QR code, I, I put notes from all five sessions, but today I want to talk about strengthening the soul strengthening the soul. I want a strong mind. I need a strong mind. And I was thinking this morning when we how we really got started on this is la- early last year which we had a son that that had gotten killed in 2013 and we're still awaiting trial for his wrongful death trial. And so early last year we had finally got trial date set. And uh, God started dealing with me about he wanted me fit, spirit, soul, and body. He wanted me strong, spirit, soul, and body. He called it fit for the fight. I want you fit for the fight. And so I immediately um, hired a guy uh, to help me with the physical because I, all three parts of us, spirit, soul, and body, are connected right? Those of you who went through Brenda's class, um, spirit, body, soul, wholeness, I can't remember, I think is what you called it, something like that. You can see Brenda back on the back row if you have questions. She still has notes on it, still has video on it. But all three of those parts, first of all, Jesus provided for all three parts because he suffered in all three parts. And he planned for man to function spirit, soul, and body wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy. And if one part is weak, then we have an issue in that area. And when we were born again, when we got saved, when we accepted Jesus, we were made new in our spirit. Our spirit was born again, the scripture calls it. It's perfect. It says that we're born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that lives and abides forever. It's, it's, it's like him. But that spirit lives inside a body. My body was not born again. Robbie, you're just a little bit younger than me, and there's days we wished our body was born again. Our mind was not born again. Romans 12 tells us that for the mind, if we're going to be changed in our mind, that we have to renew our mind. We, we have to renew our mind. 
And so what we start this process and what we've been talking about now, this is our sixth week, we start taking the way we think because of the circumstances of our life or just our, our natural disposition. You may have been angry from the day you were born. You may have had a temper from the day you were born. But we can renew our minds. In fact, there's a scripture that says that we're supposed to be, um, have a fresh mental attitude. We can, we can be renewed. It takes effort. It takes your will to want to change. But we can take God's word, put his thoughts. I mean, this is a book of God's thoughts. And we start putting what he says, Brother Burge, into our hearts. And we accept that in a fertile ground. We say, you know what? I'm not thinking the way I used to think about that person. I'm not thinking about my health the way I used to think. I am accepting God's word. And we talked about the engrafted word in one of the weeks past. We have to let it become a part of us. That takes effort. It takes repetition. It takes using your mouth. We talked about last week about our words and our mind. And we start, if you were here on Wednesday nights, we start walking the poodle. If you don't know what that is, then you weren't here on that Wednesday night with Dr. Caroline Leaf's video. You don't know what we're talking about. But repetitively pressing his word into our minds until his thoughts become our thoughts. That's, that's what we're aiming for. So when the Lord started dealing with me about this, I started working on my physical body being strong and having endurance uh, for, for trial and for the fight that we've been in now for ten and a half years. It takes physical energy to go through things. It takes physical and mental strength to make it through things and be a winner on the other side. You know, if you're, if you're battling something mentally, it affects you physically. If you're battling something physically, it affects you mentally. We need a strong mind for tough times. God's Word has made that available to us. And so it's been an incredible journey for me in the last year. I've had to ask people a lot of questions. I, I, I bug John at the office all the time because he, he works out at the gym, and I'm always asking him, hey, what about this? What about that? And Because I have to seek out knowledge. For the mind, for the body, I have to seek out knowledge, and I have to be willing to do that. People are not just strong. People are not just strong, physically or mentally. They're not just strong. They have strengthened. They have strengthened. And so we're going to talk about that today. Turn with me to John 16. I'm going to be reading it to you out of the Amplified if you have a device to look on. If you're not going to be strong, what's your other choice? If you're not going to keep going, what's your only choice? Quit. I always like to say, quit to what? People say, you're so strong. And I'm like, look, <laughs> I, have, I have two choices. I can roll over and play dead. Or I can find out what it takes to be strong. 
You, and you can put that on yourself. That, that's our choice. We can roll over and play dead and pretend like this thing's just going to go away. You know, they say, you know, if a bear's got you to lay down and, you know, roll up in a ball. I don't think I could do that. I think I'm going for the eyes, the nose. I don't know. The Holy Spirit would have to tell me what to do. My angels might have to fight him for me. But I, this playing dead thing, I just don't know that that works well for me. I want, I want to live. And, and I want to live in what God's provided. John 16, 32, Jesus is talking. He says, take notice, the hour is coming and his, it has arrived when you will all be dispersed and scattered. Now he's talking to his disciples. He's getting ready to be crucified. He says, every man to his own home, leaving me alone. You know, I've never really noticed that before. That's not really today's subject, except that Jesus is facing the fact that the people that he has surrounded himself with are fixing to scatter. He's fixing to go through the greatest mental, physical, and spiritual battle of all time in anybody's life, and he is going to be without them. I'm not going to say alone. He's talking to them. He says, you're not going to be around. You're going to be scattered, and I am going to be leaving me alone. Yet... I am not alone because the Father is with me. And you know, there's times that we go through things that nobody else can know about. Maybe we don't want them to know about it. Maybe they can't know about it. In my case, with, with trial and, and court, there's just things I can't tell another human being, not even Rusty. There, there's times that you go through things in your life when you feel alone. Jesus said, I'm fixing to go through this. You, all you people are going to, to leave me, leaving me alone. Yet, I am not alone because the Father is with me. Loneliness is a huge mental battle. Because people feel alone in their assault of what's going on with them you got to have the attitude of Jesus right here. Everybody else may scatter, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In Christ, we can have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulations and trials and distress, and frustration. But, don't you love that word? But, be of good cheer, and take courage. Be confident, be certain, be undaunted, for I have overcome the world. So in Jesus, we're victorious. Because he's overcome the world. Yes, you're going to have frustrations. You're going to have things come against you. He, he's, he doesn't want to fool you here and say, once you get to be a Christian, I'm just going to work everything out for you, and you're not going to have to do anything and just go to sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, this thing's going to be gone. He, he's not that kind of God. He's, he's, he's preparing your soul. He's preparing their soul. He's pre preparing our soul when he says you're going to have tribulations, you're going to have trials, you're going to have distresses, you're going to have frustration. But that, 
means we can have those things, but have cheer. Well, I'm just going through something. We all going through something. We're all going through something. I'm not making light of what you're going through. But I want to make bigger of who you're in. And you can have cheer in the middle of this tribulation, this persecution, this distress, this frustration. If you will keep your head in Christ, because he's overcome the world, you will overcome this. We need that for our minds. Because when we're in the middle of something, it seems like it will never end. And it just captivates our brains. It captivates our creative abilities and our, our, our thought processes. Everything goes in this whirlwind of the issue, of the trouble, of the circumstance. And, and you can't even think of what to do. It disrupts your sleep. It disrupts your eating, your digestive system. I'm telling you, these three systems, body, soul, and spirit, they work together. And he wants us to find cheer, to take courage, to be confident, to be certain and undaunted in the middle of all these things. And listen to what he says. He says, for I have overcome the world, amplified version. I have deprived it of its power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. What's my job? If he's conquered it for me, what's my part? Stay in him. Stay in him. Stay in him. He'll direct my path. He'll tell me steps if I need to take steps to take. Anything I need to change, I have to trust that he'll direct me in that. The things I need to do, the decisions I have to make, I have to, everything has to stay encapsulated in him. It's, it's huge. And then I can have peace as I walk through these things. You know, working all of this into our thinking takes routine. It takes effort. When I started working on the physical end of things, I had to find a new routine. My routine was no longer to roll over, land in my shoes, and go about my day. My routine was to get up, exercise before work, if I didn't get exercise before work, to come home sometimes 10, 11 o'clock at night and exercise. <laughs> right, babe? Rusty would be like, I'm going to bed. My workout room is in our bedroom. He's like, go for it. He goes to sleep because he gets up at 2.30 in the morning to go to work. And so I'll be up treading. <laughs> You know, you know what? If I want the life of a fit mind and my mind doesn't feel fit right now, I have to change the routine. That means I don't I want to get up, I want to roll out of bed into my shoes and go to work, but instead, I'm going to get this book out right here and I'm going to take God's thoughts and I'm going to make them mine. Make them mine because it doesn't happen naturally. You got to change your routine. Some of you are, are dealing with, with, you know, you just can't find peace. You got to change your routine. You've got to change your routine and you've got to stick with it 
we, we learned this from Dr. Caroline Leaf on that Wednesday night when we watched that clip. We've got to stick with it for a long period of time before it becomes natural that we don't get up and roll into our shoes. We get up and we roll into the Word. It takes a while. But when it becomes natural to you and when you get to the place where, Rusty knows, I'm to the place now where I cannot not work out. I'm to the place in the Word where I cannot not be watching the Word while I'm working out. Or not be rolling out of bed and and rolling over to the Word when you get up in the morning. However your routine is, you got to do this and you got to be disciplined in it to the point that you override your normal thinking process and you, you restore it. You restore it. And... It takes effort, I'm not going to lie to you. But there's this weird thing that I've learned um, about the physical body. When you're working on getting fit, there's this balance of work and rest. Right? I'll get somebody. I see you back there. Yeah, yeah. Look at Larry. Yeah. (laughs) You have to let the muscles rest after you work them. You had to let them rebuild, right? Or you're, you're going to end up not where you want to be. So there's this process of work and rest. Same thing's true with your mind. We, we, we do this work of putting the thoughts in, and then we rest in those thoughts. There's a, there's a rest that comes with the work, and it, it's a beautiful thing once we... Once we get it established that we can work and rest and rest and work in our soul. You are building up or weakening your soul with everything you do. When you're working on the physical body, everything you put in your mouth is working for you or against you. Every stinking little thing. If Jordan Paul is eating chocolate Grammy Bears, every little thing is working for or against my body. When I'm watching television, every little thing is working for or against my soul. When I'm listening to somebody, every little thing is working working for us or against us by what we feed it and by what we're doing. You know, mental vacations are great. You ever said, I need a mental vacation? They're, they're great. You just can't live there. I'm going to the beach this year, but you know, I know. And I'm going to enjoy it, but you know what? I can't live there. And so you can veg out in front of the TV or veg out scrolling through your social media or veg out in a book. But you can't live there just taking a mental vacation. There is, it's great periodically. And sometimes I'll come home and I will have been either dealing with something of a heavy nature here or dealing with something uh, in the lawsuit that's, that's heavy and that's hard on me. And Rusty will tell you, I'll look at him and I'll say, I need to watch Reba. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I need to laugh at something. I need to laugh at something. Something clean, 
something, but it's a mental vacation. That's fine. I just can't veg out there. I, I, ha- I have to, to keep it balanced or I won't be strong enough to handle the storms of life. Go with me to Matthew 7. Let's look at some more words from Jesus. So I'm not saying you can't watch TV. I'm just saying you can't live off of it and be mentally sound. I mean, even the commercials. Whew. Man, we just keep the remote in our hand, like being ready to get that mess out of our heads. Matthew 7, verse 24. And if you ever grew up in children's church, you know this passage just from the song. I'm going to read it to you out of the NIV. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built... That word caught my attention today. We're building something. We're building our souls. He is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams arose... The winds blew, and they beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, they beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Great was the fall of it. So both of these people he's using here had heard the word. They were pew sitters. They went to church. They heard his word. Just modern day. They came to church. They heard his word. But they didn't put it. I think John said this to me in the office. They didn't exercise it. They heard his word, but they didn't exercise it. Look, I can sit and watch somebody else work out all day long. Like Rusty does when he's laying in bed and I'm on the elliptical. What's worse is when he has his halo ice cream. I did. Oh, they need to know. Oh, we... We laugh about it most of the time. Very rarely do I throw anything at him. He's just slender built. He's just long and lanky and he's just slender built and he just doesn't have to do what I have to do. And you may, look, you may look at other people like Dylan said and say, you know what, that person it just comes so easy to. That doesn't affect the fact that you need to do what you need to do. I got to do what I got to do. I was built short. I was built stocky. I can thank my father for that. I didn't get my mother's height, you know. But I can do something to be stronger. And so, I don't even know where I was going with that now. Practice, exercise the word you've heard. You can't just watch the word. You can't just read the word. You've got to exercise it, put it to work in your life. God has been after us for six weeks. To change our minds. What have we done with that once we leave here? Oh, that was a great message, Pastor Susan. I, I appreciate that. But are you still thinking the same when you get up in the morning? Are y'all having a few different thoughts? 
Or like when you feel that darkness and that dark cloud try to come over your mood, are you, are you, are you coming against that thing with the truth of God's word that I can be cheerful even in the middle of this mess? Because I put my trust in him because I have a relationship with the creator of the universe? Because if we're not exercising what we're learning, I'm wasting my time. And you're wasting yours. We, we could be cleaning our refrigerators right now. I mean, really, we all have other things to do. But if we can take what we're hearing and we can exercise it, we are building our souls. We are exercising. We are strengthening our minds. And the next time trouble comes, my hope is that you have strengthened yourself and you will be able to lift that thing off of you without the struggle that you've had before. That's, what, that's, that's the purpose of the word, right? They, both people heard the word, one put it to practice, and he built his house on the rock. You know what? The rain still came. The stream still rose. The winds still blew and beat against his house. So what's, what's the good of exercising the word? All you got to do is look at the ending of both stories. The one that didn't exercise the word, the floods came, the winds beat. The one that did exercise the word, the winds blew, the, the floods came, uh, they beat against the house. But the outcome was the difference. The outcome was the difference. Things happen. We live in a cursed earth. Satan is the little g god of this world. There's junk out there. There's things that happen. But how it affects us and the, the ending of the story depends on how you have exercised the word. The plan is not to have to build and strengthen during the storm. It can be done. You know, they give out hurricane warnings. Well, you know what they expect you to do? Number one, get out of Dodge. But if you're going to stay and you're going to weather the storm, you better get down to Home Depot real quick and get you some uh, plywood and you want to reinforce and strengthen your home before... The storms hit. And you see it in the movies all the time. I don't know if it's true in real life. Somebody out there trying to hold on to a piece of plywood with 100 mile an hour winds. That's what it's like when you sit here on this pew. You don't take home the word that you've heard. Exercise it. You want to call the church and say one prayer and get this thing off of you. I'm asking you. I'm saying there's hurricane warning. Build it now. Strengthen you. I'll still pray for you if you call me tomorrow and say, I'm in 100 mile per hour winds. Please get this off of me. I will still pray for you. But you won't have to call me if you have strengthened your mind. We'll do it. We'll be with you. We'll hold your hand. We'll pray with you. But don't you want to feel 
like the Word has prepped you for anything that Satan can possibly throw in your path? Isn't there a confidence? Remember that word that we read in the previous scripture? That we would have, it would give us a confidence and that would be undaunted. Isaiah 41. Let me tell you, if you've strengthened and you've fortified your house, you can rest in the storm. When you know your foundation is secure, you can rest in the storm because you've done the work. You've built and attached to the foundation. I love that song we sang. I'm anchored to the ground. That was a perfect song for today. I just wanted to shout when they started singing that. Y'all were making a declaration. I am anchored to the ground. I am anchored to the foundation. And there's just a confidence that comes with this. You can actually go inside and rest during the middle of the storm. Isaiah 41, verse 10. He says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. And I will strengthen you and help you. Our whole series is called Let Him Help. He will help strengthen you. He will tell you how to be strong mentally. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold or sustain you. And when I looked that word uphold and it meant sustain in the Strong's Concordance, I loved that because we need a strength from, Lord, here's what's going on, to I made it through this. So he'll give us the strength and he will sustain us from, Lord, help me, to there it is. I need, I need that endurance so that I don't quit. So that I don't roll over and play dead and hope the storm passes. That's not how I want to live. I will uphold or sustain you with my righteous right hand. Who's at the right hand of God? Jesus, the Word. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. You know, there's just some things mom and daddy can't help you with. There's just some things that your mate can't help you with. And when it comes to things in your mind, sometimes they're very private. And sometimes it can be a lonely place. But you've got a God who says, I'll take you by the hand and I will help you. I, I, sometimes I have thoughts I really don't need to share with anybody else. I've scared Rusty once or twice. I try not to. I mean, there's just things that go on up here sometimes. Because you go through stuff. You go through hard things. You go through hard things. He'll hold your hand and say to you, do not be afraid. I will help you. He will help you. 
me. Let him help. That's this whole series. Let him help. I sent you there in 41. Look back at 40. Isaiah 40. Once again, this is one of those passages. It's on a lot of home decor. It's on a lot of everything. And so I don't want to read it like it's cliche and we've heard it a thousand times. I want to read it talking and thinking about our soul being strengthened. I'm reading it to you out of the Amplified. He says, have, I'm sorry, verse 28. Have you not known and have you not heard? Soul. <laughs> Hello, my soul. Do like the psalmist. Talk to your soul. Have you not known and have you not heard the everlasting God? Who? How lasting? How lasting? That means he's, he's strong enough to outlast what I'm going through right now. He's everlasting. Well, I've dealt with this physical issue for 20 years. He is everlasting. He's everlasting. I've dealt with this lawsuit for 10 and a half years. He's everlasting. That means if I have to go through it forever, he is everlasting. It will not outlast my God. It will not outlast his strength, his wisdom, his provision. He will sustain me. He will help me. He will help you. He will sustain you. So we got to, once again, we talked about this, I don't know how long ago it was, get rid of the calendar. That was on Wednesday nights. We're talking about faith. Throw away the calendar. We're in it to win it because he won the victory over it. And if that means it happens this week or if it means it happens five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now. He is the everlasting. I, that word just, whew. He is the everlasting God. The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint and he does not grow weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gets who? God. The creator of the universe, the one who does not grow weary, he does not faint, and there's no searching of his understanding. He gives power. Look it up, it means vigor and hardiness. He gives vigor and hardiness to the faint and weary. He's willing to give it to me. He wants to help me. He's willing to give it to me. You say, well, I'm just tired. Perfect. You're a great candidate for God. He will give power, vigor, and hardiness to the faint and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it to abound. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And young men shall feebly stumble and fall, exhausted. But, there's that word again. <clears throat> but, those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change. I like that. They shall change and renew their strength and power. You can change and renew your strength and your power by why we talk about waiting on the Lord and that it just makes it sound like we're sitting over here on the pew waiting for the Lord it, it it literally means those who 
who twist and combine with. It's like we're like our wicker furniture, I think, is, is a great example. How it's woven together and it becomes strong because it's woven together. When you intertwine with God, when you put his thoughts into your thoughts, you're putting his strength to your strength. You're putting his power to your power. So if you're weak and you're tired and you're weary and you intertwine his strength and his wisdom and his ways with yours, it doesn't matter that you're tired and weary because of what you're interwoven with. And we do that by getting in his word and getting in his presence and building that relationship and that trust with him that in moments of weakness and tiredness and frustration and doubt, we can intertwine ourselves with him and we can say, I was weak, but now I am strong. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how you feel. Everything's about how you feel. Did emojis start that? I don't know when this started. We started putting emojis to everything. This is how I feel. And now I see all these kids' books. Like everything is about how they feel, how their emotions are. I'm like, we're leading them down a wrong path right here because, I mean, there's days of the week you might feel like, well, I shouldn't say that. You might be a serial killer in next week's news. I mean, you want to knock everybody off the freeway. You want to get mad at the people in the line at Walmart. You want to, you feel angry. You feel angry. Well, change how you feel. Because that doesn't line up with the Word of God. And so you may feel tired. It's fine. You don't have to be weak. Just because you feel tired. Not if we're intertwined with the right thing. That's a powerful word. Those that wait upon the Lord shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. All depends on who you're with. All depends. If you're in your own head, that don't work out too well for me. Jesus said something interesting by the Spirit to Paul. It's found in 2 Corinthians 12, and people misuse this verse all the time, so I almost hesitate to go there, but we we need to look at it for what it is. In verse 7, it says, uh, he's saying, Paul's saying, I've had this great download of Revelation. I mean, my goodness, the man wrote almost all the New Testament, okay? God was downloading Revelation to him after he uh, met him on the road to Damascus, and he met Jesus in the spirit and and began to follow him where he was persecuting Christians and now he's following Christ himself and and Christ is just downloading all this great revelation to him and the enemy's coming against his mind because God is using his mind to pin the gospel 
And so he says, to, in verse 7, he says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Y'all, people try to make this everything in the world than what it was. This was an attack of the enemy to try to shut him up. It was a thorn in his flesh. It doesn't mean he had a splinter and it was festered. It doesn't mean all these things that religious people... He tells you, this was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet me. Sent to bother me. He was sent to shut me down. And he said, I, three times, I pleaded with the Lord, just take this away from me. And I think we get this way a lot in our mental health. Father, just take this from me. I think that's okay to a degree. I think it's okay to say, Father, help me. And he'll give you the steps that you need to take. If you need to be delivered from something satanic, yes, he can, he can do that as well. He did that for Mary Magdalene. But even after that, she had to follow Christ. To stay free, she had to follow Christ. And so he's saying, look, I pled with the Lord three times to take this away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. He's saying when you're weak, he's not saying you know, that he's proud of you for being weak. What he's saying is, when you, when you get to the point where you say, God, I want your strength instead of my own. I want your wisdom instead of my own. I want your way instead of my own. As we read from Isaiah a couple of weeks ago, you know, we're, it's this great exchange. When, and he says, look, my grace, it's there. You have the ability to handle this. I'm not just going to take it from you. I've given you everything you need to handle this. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And then the apostle says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. You're not strong enough to handle it? His grace is sufficient for you. What he's provided for you it is sufficient for you. It is enough for you. I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because I'm with him. He's in me. I'm in him. How many times did Jesus say that? The Father's in me and I'm in the Father. Abide in me, abide in my words. You know, he's, he's trying to get you to intertwine with the right things. And when we do that, the grace is there, and it is sufficient to overcome anything that Satan throws our way. That's good news. And so he uses some really strong words that some of us have a hard pill swallowing. That's why for Christ's sake, it's important wording, I delight in weaknesses. For Christ's sake, I delight in insults. For Christ's sake, I delight in hardships. For Christ's sake, I delight in persecutions and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. I'm going to win and all the glory is going to go to God. That's what he's saying. I'm going to win and all the glory is going to go to God. Because it would be his grace that carried me through. Man, I feel stronger already. 
I feel stronger already. He's, he's working on us. Now let's take this home. And when things start happening, and my friends and my husband and my family are welcome to remind me, when things start spinning in the negative, to remind me, His grace, it is sufficient for you. I've got to remember to intertwine those times that I'm tired, those times that I'm feeling weak, those times that I'm feeling distraught. We need to encourage each other in the Lord. Sometimes we got to do it gently because tired people don't always respond well. Just don't know how I know that, but but we can do it. We can do it in love. Jesus didn't always say things, you know, that were politically correct. Uh, but he always said them out of love and for the, for the growth of the person. This will probably be the last, I think, maybe session on this. Uh, John's going to pick up and teach. I don't know where he's going uh, Sunday uh, in subject. But I want you to know I appreciate y'all hanging with me for six weeks on this. Uh, it was for me. Uh, I believe it was for you as well. But I feel like God has... I feel like I've been to God's spa uh, for the soul. And there's been some things removed and there's been some things healed and some things that are ready for whatever is ahead for all of us. Amen? Y'all can stand and let's remember to do something that mom taught on the Wednesday night that she taught on the mind. Present your soul to God and let him help you. Let him help you. And don't forget to exercise what we've, what we've learned. You can go online. You can get the notes from previous weeks. And do something. Make your mind up. Have a routine. Especially if your battle is in the soul. Uh, and it is. <laughs> I could just tell you. It is. It's not in your spirit. So it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in our minds. Let's do something with what we've heard. Amen. Father, we present our souls to you this morning. Just as we presented you with our spirits and said, make us born again, we accept Jesus. With Jesus comes the Word because He is the Word made flesh. And so, Father, we've chosen to accept your Word. And we are choosing to do something with it. Holy Spirit, you're the teacher of the church. You're the revealer of truth. You're the comforter. And we just ask as we go about that life outside of these four walls... That when things start coming to our minds and circumstances start happening and we start kind of going dark, kind of going alone into some places in our minds that, that will not bring us victory, we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to be our teacher, to correct us, to instruct us in such a way that, that we can hear and know clearly what we are to do. Let your words come back to our mind. You'll remind us, Holy Spirit, of the things that, we, that the word has spoken to us. And because of that, change will be made. We are making your word a routine in our life. Not that it becomes mundane, but that it becomes a part of us. Father, I just thank you for the souls that are represented in this room. For the healing and for the restoration. That is taking place for changes that need to be made, that it's going to be exercised. And, and because of that, 
Freedom is going to come in areas of, of thinking that they've never lived in before. Because where the truth is, there's freedom. And we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen.